Hello and welcome back to Little MB. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, give your likes to the podcast, and share the podcast when you like the episodes. For those who already do these things, I appreciate all the support. Hey, how are y'all doing today? Um, Before I get on with what I'm doing today, I am probably going to do an episode next week that's more on ice baths. Um, I don't want to keep stringing a little information here and a little there about what works, what doesn't work, and all that kind of stuff, because I've been experimenting with temperature. I finally got a pool thermometer, um, and so I've been experimenting with temperature and how many one-gallon bags of ice blocks I'm using and how cold it's getting, things of that nature. And now I'm going to I'm going to be starting to experiment with how much water I can actually put into a bag without it ripping it up. Because water expands by 9% when it freezes. So putting a gallon into a bag, it's been leaving little holes in it, in the bag, so it can't be reused. Now, by the time that it puts the holes in the bag, it's frozen enough to where it hasn't been leaking into the freezer. But if you're going to be using six to eight bags of ice per day, then guess what? That's going to get expensive over time if you keep having to use brand new bags every time. So I'm wanting to keep it at the double zipper, Ziploc gallon freezer bags. Because they are pretty good, but they're also some of the cheapest you can get. As far as, in like, they've been, I've watched videos and they've tested them. So, like, they got rated the best. But I'm hoping to, like the experiment I'm running now, I've got six bags. One of them, and I'm doing it by cups of water. Because there's 16 cups of water to one gallon of water. So I've got six bags. Uh, They're labeled like bags one through six. And then how much water is in it? 16 cups, 15 and a half, 15, 14 and a half, 14 and 13 and a half. I'm going to see how low I got to go in order to be able to reuse the bags and get the most water in to the bag because the bigger the block of ice the longer it's going to last the colder the tub's going to get so that's even more than I wanted to say about it today so hopefully next week I'll have everything figured out and ready for you because I got to tell you I love they're addicting it is so hard to talk yourself into getting into it but they are so addicting to do it every day so for this episode, I got to give a shout out and a thanks to my Mary. She showed me how to download and convert audio clips. And I don't think she understood what I was going to be using it for. It started out that I downloaded a couple songs that I could only find them on vinyls in 45s. Now, I do own the records. But I figure since I own them, 
hey, I can steal the song, you know, because it's not stealing. I, I bought it. I'm just not having to pay a ridiculous amount of money to send the stuff off to get it digitized. So that's also what made this episode possible. And I've got a couple audio clips. One of them's like three minutes and 17 seconds and the other's 13 minutes and 37 seconds. Now you're probably sitting there being like, man, like I want to listen. It is so fascinating and scary that I, I couldn't stop listening to it. I'm glad I picked that video to watch and download instead of watching the entire interview that's over an hour. That's with Yuri Bezmanov. Um, the first one I'm going to be playing and then discussing is a clip by Paul Harvey. You know, so this, this is half prophecy and half, hey, I'm telling you what's going to, like, it's not prophecy. It's just telling you what's going to happen. And it's happening. It's it's just so freaking terrifying. Because it's about our country and the kids in this country. You know, so I am going to um, get to the first audio, which is Paul Harvey and... If you don't know who he is, he's an old-time radio personality. And he used to do this thing, Paul Harvey, and now you know the rest of the story. The recording isn't the best because it is done, it's from 1965 on AM radio. And... I'm going to tell you something, people. This is just, it's its its a freaking prediction. It's a prophecy is what it is. So let's go ahead and get well, you to spoke it. Several Oop, wrong one. <laughs> Sorry about that. So here's, here's Paul Harvey's uh, thing. If I was, if I were the devil. If I were the devil. If I were the devil. If I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness, and I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, the. So I'd set about, however necessary, to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve, do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media 
fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing, I'd have judges promoting pornography, Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. And what'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public, and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Paul Harvey. Alrighty. Now tell me that that hasn't happened in this country. Go ahead, tell me it hasn't happened in this country. It is terrifying how accurate that was from 1965. Now, I know a lot of people are going to be offended with this because it has to do with God and removing God from the moral fabric of our society. But that's where it began. Due to separation of church and state, which only meant that the religion would not run the government itself. No particular religion, such as Christianity or Judaism or Islam, would have an effect in the government so people could not be punished for what they believed and how they believed. And yet, I believe it was in the 1950s, the Supreme Court ruled that prayer was to be taken out of our schools. And what happened in the 1960s? The hippie movement. Free love. And what is it? Undress you in public and get you into bed? and give you diseases for which there are no cure. It's kind of funny how the hippie movement in the 60s and early 70s leads us to the AIDS epidemic and other STDs. I mean, it's just, say what you want. But Paul Harvey nailed that. And... I believe I've talked before on previous episodes about stand-up comedy. 
where Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy are hilarious, but they happen to be vulgar. And then upcoming comedians took that as a sign that, oh, I got to be vulgar. Because they thought the vulgarity is what made them hilarious. And so that's all they were. You know, that that's what Paul Harvey is talking about here. Making things so lewd that the normal things are no longer cool. They're no longer funny. And it just has escalated. Exponentially, it has escalated. Because then we have court decisions that have forced courthouses to take the Ten Commandments out of the courthouse itself, off of plaques that are out front of the courthouse, completely taking God out. That's not what separation of church and state was designed for. It's not what it was designed for. And for those of you who want to talk about the Ten Commandments, well, guess what? That applies to the three main religions of the world. Over 25% of this world's population is Christian, Jewish, and Islam, and I think it's much higher. Muslims follow the Bible. They just also have the Quran. They believe in the laws of Moses. They believe in the Ten Commandments. Since they're in the Old Testament with the Hebrew called the Tanakh, they obviously believe in them. And likewise, Christians do. Separation of church and state is designed to prevent people from being persecuted because they happen to be a Methodist instead of a Lutheran, or because they're a Lutheran instead of a Catholic, because of things like the Spanish Inquisition, where they absolutely tortured Jews to death if they refused to convert to Christianity. And Spain's not the only place that this occurred. They had these kinds of fights everywhere. Catholicism versus, versus uh, Presbyterians. In England and Ireland and all of that. It occurred in the 1700s as well in France. One version of Christianity versus another. And it depended upon, back in those days, who was king and what did he want. That's what separation of church and state was designed to prevent. It was not designed to wipe God away from this country. But that's what 
started to happen here. And it has just gotten ridiculous. It has just gotten ridiculous. People who do not believe in God, they get offended at the nativity scene. If you don't believe in God, why would you care about a nativity scene at Christmas time? Why would you care? Because if you do not believe in God, you are not offended. You can't be offended by it. How can you be offended by it? The people who could be offended by it, such as the Jewish people, they never said a word. Because guess what? They want to be left alone too. Same with Muslims. So it's a, this is the beginning. Like I said, this was a prophecy by Paul Harvey. Now, Yuri Bezmenov is a former KGB agent who defected in 1970 to the Western world. And he discusses things such as ideological subversion. And this, inter this clip is from an interview he gave in 1984 telling what was going to happen. And listen to some of the terminology he uses, such as social justice and things of that nature. He explains how the Soviet Union has infiltrated this country through our universities and how they're going to destroy America. And I got it is happening. Now, I know some of you probably listen to Joe Rogan and probably have heard little clips or heard him bring this guy up and stuff like that. But I'm telling you, you need to listen to it again and then again. People are so afraid of being ostracized that they are not speaking up. Not even to their own children. There were some people I knew that earlier this year, we were all sitting around and the mother of these 12-year-old kids said, oh, they're woke. And the first words out of my mouth was, Jesus wept. It's like, you got to be kidding me. And it was people I could not believe that any of them would even come close to a, identifying as woke, much less admit it out loud. Now to each his own.
I'm just using this as an example of this so-called social justice that this nation has been going through. And it's kind of ironic because even though there's a couple things that could be taken as contradictory between Paul Harvey and what he says about the lewdness of television and movies and books and what the social justice movement has done with taking out some of this stuff, such as like comedies. I'm, you know, I do listen to Rogan, but he's talked about movies like Super Bad and Tropic Thunder, movies that they could not do today because people get so offended by it. Which, let's face it, people just want a reason to be pissed off. That's all it is. They're a bunch of weak little pussies who couldn't make the football team or wrestling team. So they have to sit and whine about everything. You spoiled my good time because I wasn't good enough, so now I'm going to spoil yours. So in a way, it's kind of contradictory, but you got to keep in mind that one is based completely on the removal of God. And the other is just about the destruction of America in general by the Soviet Union, which they've been doing a pretty good job. So I'm going to go ahead and start this clip, if I can find the iPod there. Well, you spoke several times before about ideological subversion. That is a phrase that uh, I'm afraid some Americans don't fully understand. When uh, the Soviets use the phrase ideological subversion, what do they mean by it? Ideological subversion is, is the process which is legitimate, overt, and open. You, you can see it with your own eyes. All, all you have to do, all American mass media has to do is to unplug their bananas from their ears, open up their eyes, and they can see it. There is no mystery. There is nothing to do with espionage. I know that espionage intelligence gathering looks more romantic. It sells more deodorants through the advertising, probably. That's why your Hollywood producers are so crazy about James Bond type of thrillers. But in reality, the main emphasis of the KGB is not in the area of intelligence at all. According to my opinion and opinion of many defectors of my caliber, only about 15% of time, money, and manpower is spent on espionage as such. The other 85% is a slow process, which we call either ideological subversion or active measures, in the language of the KGB, or psychological warfare. What it basically means is to change the perception of reality of every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interest of defending themselves, their families, their community, and their country. It's a great brainwashing uh, process which goes very slow and it's divided in, in four basic stages. Uh, the first one being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. 
Why that many years? Because this is the minimum number of years which requires to uh, educate one generation of students in the country of, of, of your enemy, exposed to the ideology of the enemy. In other words, Marxism-Leninism ideology is being pumped into the soft heads of, of, of at least three generations of American students without being challenged or counterbalanced by the basic values of Americanism. All right, now we know this is true. We know this is true. How many people are out there wanting the richest 1% to be overthrown, take their money away, give it to everybody because nobody has the right to have that much money? Well, basically what it amounts to is, is the people who want this are lazy, stupid, and incapable of success at that level. They don't want to put in that kind of work because 88% of millionaires in America are self-made. It's not inherited money. And when you look into it, in the studies they did on this, these self-made millionaires were working 60 to 80 hours a week. They were going without families, going without girlfriends, living in a freaking hubble so they had more money to invest, either in the stock market, in themselves, other businesses, whatever. But people don't want to have to work that much. The economic idea of labor versus leisure. How much time are you willing to put into your labor? And how much time do you expect to be able to rest at leisure? And when it comes down to it, people want more leisure than labor. So instead of just accepting their station in life as somebody who wants more leisure than labor, They'd rather attack people that have worked for what they got. I could not believe it when I got to college. And when I finally went, one of the first college level courses I took was communication, speech class. And I studied my butt off for that first exam and got a B on it. It was so subjective. And... I was upset because I had worked so hard at it and I talked to my brother about it and he's like hey you need to give him what he wants you know what he was pushing for so give him what he wants yeah you can say that you are kissing his ass by doing it but look at it this way you're kissing his ass for 16 weeks that grade's going to be on your transcript for your whole life I didn't study for test two. I got extremely drunk the night before, went in there and pretended I was a liberal, an economic liberal, let me specify that, because socially I don't care what you do. Went in there and pretended I was a liberal, economically speaking, almost aced the exam. I mean, 
I, I, that just blew my mind. Just blew my mind. So, it's, it's there. It's being taught to kids, this is the way it should be. So, you know, don't try to tell me it's not, but let's go on with the clip. American patriotism. The result, the result you can see, most of the people who graduated in the 60s, dropouts or half-baked intellectuals, are now occupying the positions of power in the government, civil service, business, mass media, educational system. You are stuck with them. You cannot get rid of them. They are contaminated. They are programmed to think and react to certain stimuli in a certain pattern. You cannot change their mind, even if you, if you expose them to authentic information, even if you prove that white is white and black is black, you still cannot change the basic perception and the logic of behavior. In other words, these people, uh, uh, the process of demoralization is complete and irreversible. To get rid society of these people, you, have, you need another 20 or, or, or 15 years to educate a new generation of patriotically minded and, and, and uh, common, common sense people who would be acting in favor and in the interests of, of, the, uh, of the United States society. And yet these people who have been programmed and, as you say, in place and yes. who are favorable to an opening with the Soviet concept, mm -hmm. these are the very people who would be marked for extermination in this country? Most of them, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, simply because the psychological shock when, when they will see in future what the, what the beautiful society of equality and social justice means in practice, obviously they will revolt. They, 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 will, uh, they, they will be very unhappy, frustrated people. And the Marxist-Leninist regime does not tolerate these people. Uh, they, obviously, they will join the links of dissenters, mm -hmm. dissidents. Uh, unlike in present United States, there will be no place for dissent in, in future Marxist-Leninist America. Uh, here you can, you can get uh, popular like uh, Daniel Ellsberg and filthy rich like Jane Fonda for being dissident, for criticizing your Pentagon. In future, these people will be simply squashed like cockroaches. Nobody is going to pay them nothing for their beautiful, noble ideas of equality. This they don't understand, and uh, it will be the greatest shock for them, of course. The demoralization process in the United States is basically completed already. All right, before going on, think about how true that is, talking about these people that are pushing for the communist all-equal type thing. They don't understand that the rich are going to stay rich. They don't get that. If you achieve communism, you're destroying the middle class. That's what you're doing. You're eliminating the middle class. It's not going to make the poor classes and the middle classes equal to the rich classes. All it's going to do is make the middle class equal to the poor classes, to the lower classes. It's going to eliminate the middle class. Because the rich have money and they have power. But they don't understand this.
They think everything's going to be great. They don't understand that in communist countries, you're assessed. You're given tests. You're given tests both in education and in physical abilities. And depending on how you score on these tests, you are told what you are going to do. All that is going to happen is the middle class will be wiped out and the poor will get even more poor. And like he used Jane Fonda, you can take somebody else from our day and age. Take Robert De Niro with some of the stances he's taken politically. And other actors and actresses, as if their opinion really matters. You're good at acting. Stick to it. That doesn't mean you know what you're talking about when it comes to politics or economics. Are they rich? Yeah, they got money. But it's not going to be enough to keep them with the big dogs. Because the rich people, the rich, the 1%, top 1% of the 1%, they're not going to be touched. They're going to be like, hell yeah, communism. They're going to still own their businesses. They might have to give a bigger chunk to the government as a whole. But guess what? They're going to be making more money too because things such as minimum wage and health benefits, all, that, all that's gone. Kiss it goodbye. It's People don't understand this, and I don't know why. Because it's not a hard concept. I think what it amounts to is is... The overwhelming majority of people just don't have the ability to say, I was wrong. They don't have the ability to say, I was young and stupid and naive. I mean, this is something I've had to admit to over the past 10 years or so. Because you can ask my best friends, I helped talk all of them into joining the Marine Corps, and I couldn't join. I wanted to join the Marines ever since I was 10 years old. I wanted to fight for this country. I wanted to fight for freedom. And America's the best. It's, our enemies are just evil. The people are horrible. They just want to destroy this country because they're jealous of our freedom. And I had no idea how much we had been lied to at that point in time. No idea. So do I enjoy having to sit here and say I was so wrong about that? You know, it... It was around that time that I 
had a deep conversation with myself where I started wondering if God did not bless me by making me blind, because if I could have seen, I would have been in the military. I would have been off fighting these wars, and I'd have been doing it for the right reasons in my mind and heart. But the wars were not created by people like me. They were created by people who are part of the military-industrial complex and just want money. And everybody's a casualty of it. Everybody that fights and dies for our country, the poor people of these other countries we go to war with, you know, it's... I think God blessed me. Because I'd probably be face down in the desert right now or dealing with shit that I had done. One of the, you know, one of the two. You know, and it's hard for me because I, I still love the Marine Corps. I still love this country. I just cannot stand the government doing the crap that it does. But it's not easy having to say, man, I was so wrong. And I think that's what the biggest thing is, is people don't want to have to say, gosh, I was such an idiot. So what do they do? It's kind of like a boss I had at the Rock Island Arsenal. You could tell when you proved you were right and this guy was wrong, this boss I had. Because of how quiet he got. He got so quiet. For about 30 to 60 seconds. And then he dug in his heels. And started yelling and screaming. And cussing you out. Just because. He didn't have the ability to say. Oh I guess you were right. I mean come on. It's. It's so obvious. Because people are going to such lengths as saying it is up to a parent what they do with their child as far as letting them go through this trans conversion crap and hormone treatments at the age of six and seven years old. And then when you ask, well, does since it's a parent's choice, what to do with their own children? Does that mean they can make the choice to sexually abuse their children? It's their children, after all. They have no answer for that. Because obviously they can't just come out and say, well, yeah, of course. But that is what they're saying. They don't have a brake pedal. Because they can't admit they're wrong. So, sorry, I know that's a hell of a tangent. I'll get back to the audio clip. Uh, for the last 25 years, actually it's over-fulfilled because uh, demoralization now reaches such areas where previously not even Comrade Andropov and, and all his experts would, would even dream of such a tremendous success. Most of it is done by Americans to Americans, thanks to lack of moral standards. As I mentioned before, 
uh, exposure to true information does not matter anymore. A person who was demoralized is unable to assess true information. The facts tell nothing to him. A break from morals? Well, that sounds kind of similar to what Paul Harvey said. And what's this remind you of? Facts mean nothing. Facts. Not opinions, facts. Look at the vaccine. I can understand people being scared in the beginning. But they don't want to have to admit they're wrong. That they were wrong. So there's people that are still going to go out and get that booster. I just got a reminder from a pharmacy I haven't gone to in a year. That I need to do my part, get my COVID shot. I got that text yesterday, literally yesterday. All the facts that have come out about the dangers of that vaccine and getting boosted. All the facts that have come out about how it actually doesn't stop transmission. It doesn't prevent you from getting COVID. All the facts about how much money the pharmaceutical companies made. All the facts about Joe Biden and Kamala Harris flip-flopping in May of 2020 saying they would never take Trump's vaccine as if he was the one that created it himself in a lab. Facts mean nothing to people. Because they'd have to admit they're wrong. Uh, even if I shower him with information, with, with authentic proof, with documents, with pictures, even if I take him by force to the Soviet Union and show him concentration camp, he will refuse to believe it until he, he is going to receive a kick in, the, in his fat bottom. When the military boot crashes, his, then he will understand. But What he says there that they bleeped out is when the military boot crushes his balls. Then that's when they're going to believe. That's when they're going to understand, a.k.a. when it is too late. Not before that. That's the tragic of the situation of demoralization. So basically, America is stuck with, with demoralization. And unless, even if, if you start right now, here, this minute, you start educating new generation of Americans, it will still take you 15 to 20 years to turn the tide of, uh, of ideological perception of reality uh, back to normal, n normalcy and, and uh, patriotism. The next stage is destabilization. This time, subverter does not care about your ideas and the patterns of your consumption. Whether you eat junk food and get fat and flab, it doesn't matter anymore. This time, and it takes only from two to five years to destabilize a nation, uh, it's, what, what matters is essentials. Economy, foreign relations, defense systems. Uh, and you can see it quite clearly that in some areas, uh, in such sensitive areas as, as uh, defense and economy, 
the influence of Marxist-Leninist ideas in the United States is absolutely fantastic. I, I could never believe it 14 years ago when I landed uh, in this part of the world that the process will go that fast. Uh, the next stage, of course, is crisis. It, it, it may take only up to six weeks to, to bring a country to the verge of crisis. You can see it in, in Central America now. And after crisis, with a violent change of, of power, structure, and economy, you have so-called the period of normalization. It may last indefinitely. Normalization is a cynical expression borrowed from Soviet propaganda. When the Soviet tanks moved into Czechoslovakia in 68, Comrade Brezhnev said, now the situation in brotherly Czechoslovakia is normalized. This is what will happen in the United States if you allow all these schmucks to bring the country to crisis, to promise people all kinds of goodies and the paradise on earth, uh, to, to destabilize your uh, economy, to eliminate the principle of free market competition, and to put a big brother government in Washington, D.C., with uh, benevolent dictators like Walter Mondale, who will promise lots of things, never mind whether the promises are fulfillable or not. He will go to Moscow to kiss the bottoms of a new generation of Soviet assassins, never mind. He will create false illusions that the uh, situation is under control. Situation is not under control. Situation is disgustingly out of control. Most of the American politicians, media and educational system trains another generation of people who think they are living at a peacetime. False. The United States is in the state of war, undeclared total war against the basic principles and the foundations of, of this system. And, and the initiator of this war is not Comrade Andropov, of course. Uh, it's, it's the system. However ridiculous it may sound, the world communist system or the world communist conspiracy, whether I scare some people or not, I don't give a hoot. Uh, if, if you are not scared by now, nothing can scare you. But you don't have to be paranoid about it. What, what actually happens now, that unlike myself, you have literally several years to live on unless the United States wake up. The, the time bomb is ticking with every second. The disaster is coming closer and closer. Unlike myself, you will have nowhere to defect to. If you think about what's going on in this country, they're allowing, like with the allowance of all these illegal immigrants into the country, and yet who gets refused and who gets sent back? Cubans and Venezuelans. People who have experienced these communist nations. Because they know what all the promises of equality and free stuff gets them. And they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it at all. Look at uh, Yonmi Park, that lady that defected from North Korea. Get her book and listen to that. Or she's done how many different interviews on podcasts and all kinds of things. She lived through it. She saw a man get executed for 
butchering a cow to get some meat because he was so hungry. And they executed him in front of the entire village so people would see what would happen if you would kill one of North Korea's cows. That cow's life was worth more than that man's. Unless you want to live in Antarctica with penguins. This is it. This is the last country of freedom and, and possibility. Okay, so what do we do? What is your recommendation to the American people? Well, uh, the, the, uh, the immediate thing that comes to my mind is, of course, there must be a very strong national effort to educate people in, in, in the spirit of real patriotism, number one. Number two, to, to explain them the real danger of socialist, communist, whatever, welfare state, big brother government. If people will fail to grasp the impending danger of that development, Nothing ever can help United States. You may kiss goodbye to your freedom, including freedoms to, to homosexuals, to prison inmate. All this freedom will vanish, evaporate in, in five seconds, including your precious lives. Um, the second thing, I, the moment at least part of the United States population is convinced that the danger is real, they have to force their government. And I'm not talking about sending letters, signing petitions and all this beautiful, noble activity. I'm talking about forcing United States government to stop aiding communism. Because there is no other problem more burning and, and urgent than to stop the Soviet military-industrial complex from destroying what is, whatever is left of the free world. And it is very easy to do. No credits, no technology, no money, no political or diplomatic recognition, and of course, no such idiocy as grain deals to USSR. The Soviet people, 270 millions of, of Soviets, will be eternally thankful to you if you stop aiding a bunch of murderers who sit now in Kremlin and whom President Reagan respectfully calls government. They do not govern anything, least of all such complexity as the Soviet economy. So basic. Two, two very simple, maybe two simplistic answers or solutions, but never, nevertheless, they are the only solutions. Educate yourself, understand what's going on around you. You are not living at a time of peace. You are in a state of war, and you have precious little time to save yourself. Um, you don't have much time, especially if you are talking about young generation. There's not much time left for convulsions. Uh, to the beautiful uh, disco music. Very soon it will go, just just overnight. If we are talking about capitalists or, or, or wealthy businessmen, they I think they are selling the rope on which they will hang very soon. If they don't stop, if they cannot curb their unsettled desire for profit, and if they keep on trading with the monster of the Soviet communism, they are going to hang very soon. And it, they will pray to be killed, but unfortunately they will be sent to Alaska probably to manage industry of slaves. It's, it's simplistic. I know it sounds unpleasant. I know Americans don't like to listen to things which are unpleasant. But I have defected not to tell you the stories about such idiocies as microfilm, James Bond type, espionage. This is garbage. Uh, you don't need any espionage anymore. 
I have come to talk about survival. It's a question of survival of this system. And you may ask me, what is it in for me? Survival, obviously, because unlike, I, as I said, I am now in your boat. If, if we sing together, we'll sing beautifully together. There is no other place on this planet to defect to. I mean, think about that. There is no other place on this planet to defect to. I'll tell you what, man, that it's true. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? Because I know people that are trying to get citizenship to Italy in other countries. And what's Italy going to do if the U.S. collapses? It's going to be chaos worldwide. And I'm not saying America's keeping the peace because it's doing the right thing. America's keeping the peace because nobody wants to be the next country that gets the hell blown out of it. You know, so... I don't know. Like I said, you can look up uh, Yuri Bezmanov. Uh, for those of you who listen, who are blind, his first name is spelled Y-U-R-I. His last name is B as in Bravo, E-Z as in Zulu, M as in Mike, E, N as in November, O, V as in Victor. Look up Yuri Bezmanov. 1984, and you can find his full interview. You know, um, look up Paul Harvey. If I were the devil, listen to these things again. Because you can look all around you and see that what Paul Harvey said in 1965 has come true. You can see what Yuri Bezmanov said in 1984 has been coming true. For that case, read the book 1984 by George Orwell. He wrote that in the 40s and predicted what was going to be happening. He obviously got the year wrong, but isn't that ironic? 1984, and here's Yuri Bezmanov in 1984, kind of saying the same thing that's in that book, too. And the book's fiction, don't get me wrong, but I don't know if it's scary, disheartening, just sad, or what. But one thing it is, is true. You can see it all around you. Now, I'm, I'm sorry for having such a downer of an episode after having some fun with, you know, ice baths and telling some wacky stories and stuff from when I was younger. But, man, because that's the thing. People are talking about it. 
But what's the old saying? Talk's cheap. What are we going to do about it? You know, that's what people need to start talking about next. Because when it comes to talking about what to do next, the people who are talking about it, they don't want to be the ones to step up and try to do what needs to be done. Because they're too comfortable. They're too comfortable in their lives. So, I will, I promise you, the next one will not be this depressing. <laughs> but, uh, hopefully you still enjoyed it, like, as far as, like, what you hopefully learned in here, if you didn't already know it. But, you know, if you have any questions or comments or anything like that, hit me up at littlemb6580 at gmail.com. Until next time, y'all take care.